oh my gosh, like I started realizing that there's such a disservice going on that we only talk about the highlight reels or the key moments in all these people's lives. And it's like, we don't, you know, really realize that there's also this other side of it. And every success story is like that. You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here's your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Paola, I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. Um, you know, I was excited to have you on the podcast weeks ago. We had such a great conversation about visibility and how to get your brand and your people, you know, how to get yourself on, you know, different media outlets. And it was such a great conversation. So many people got, I got so much great feedback that people loved it. It was so helpful for their businesses. So I'm excited to be on your podcast today. <laughs> I know. And uh, we all, all of this started because I was on your podcast. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, we just, we're going to keep the, the circle going and, um, So when we met, it was because of your podcast. And so just tell the listeners about your podcast, But First She Failed. Sure, sure. So But First She Failed is the first and only podcast that focuses on speaking to trailblazing women that are industry leaders, that are dominating the industries. But we talk to them about their moments of failure instead of their moments of success. So we talk to them about their moments of failure and how those moments propelled them to where they are today. So it's uh, the concept is really um, the whole point of the podcast is to really redefine the idea of failure because it's all a part of the process towards success and purpose. It's a stepping stone, right? There's not one successful person that, you know, is excelling in their career and doing all the things right that hasn't failed. You know, it is what it is. It's part of the process. And I think that it's, there's so much taboo around that idea that we're like, we're hush hush. We're like, we don't talk about this you know, and also with that, I'm redefining the idea of failure because I personally do not believe that anything is truly a failure. I believe in life. You either win or you learn. Right. So I, my hope is as women listen to the podcast, listen to all these incredible stories of these inspiring women and get practical my growth mindset tips and, you know, business strategies and career advice and all that. My hope is that they will be empowered and they'll start redefining the idea of failure and really realizing that go out and take that risk. Do go for that dream job, go for that dream career, because it's all a part of the process. Like you're going to stumble, you get back up and you go for it. All of us go through this. So that's really my hope with the podcast. And, and tell me what does failure mean to you? Because you, you kind of have a personal story behind why you started this podcast. So tell us about that and kind of the mission behind it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the podcast really comes, it's really birthed from my own story of failure, right? So um, what my story is that, you know, I'm a former national news journalist. I used to work in uh, national news and, um, you know, I kind of got my, got into my dream industry right out of college, moved across the country, was living the dream, working for major networks, you know, just doing all the things, you know, like just going up the ladder and just like, working with these really cool, really cool names, doing these like in-depth interviews with celebrities and newsmakers and politicians. And it was such a cool experience, right? So I was like, okay, my, my career is on the up and up. Things are good. And so my story is that I moved across the country after college, you know, I moved to, um, you know, start in this, this industry that I love. And about five years into it, I was given this opportunity to go to a news startup, right? 
So it was a new company at the time. It was the talk of the town, talk of the industry, really cool. And I went there, you know, I didn't realize it was a risk at the moment to leave like an established company to go for a new startup. You know, I think in that, in that season, everything was a new, start, like a startup, you know? So yeah. it was, it felt like every company was a startup in that moment. Like Uber was new, like all the things were new, you know? And um, anyways, I went to this new startup company and a year after I got there, I was let go from a position, right? I was fired. And for me, it was devastating. Honestly, it was like the worst thing that could have happened to me in that moment is what I felt, you know? And I always say this because it's like, it was so deep for me. It's like, I didn't feel like I failed. I felt like a failure, right? Mm -hmm. And I did all the things that are wrong or you shouldn't do in that moment, right? I took it really personally. I had been dealing with imposter syndrome just because it's like, I had, you know, been in rooms, boardrooms with CEOs and these people that are very famous and have so much influence and these celebrities and newsmakers and all the things. And, you know, I was dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome. So when this all happened, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, see, it was found, you know, found out all these, all these lies, you know, I was believing all these lies. And, and like I mentioned, I did all the things you shouldn't do. Um, I took it very personally and I started not, you know, talking to people in my industry as much just because I was so ashamed of it. Right. And I started trying to reinvent myself and all the things. And in, it took me years and I'm going to be honest with you, it took me years to overcome it. I think um, a lot of times some people bounce back faster and all that. And for me, it was a process that took years. And I remember there during that process, I started realizing that a lot of the women that I looked up to in the industry, you know, celebrities and anchor women and reporters and these women that I would look up to and say, wow, she has it all together. And I don't, I started realizing as I would read their autobiographies and all that, I'm like, wait a minute, she's had valley moments too. She's had quote unquote moments of failures too. And I started, I started being like, oh my gosh, like I started realizing that there's such a disservice going on that we only talk about the highlight reels or the key moments in all these people's lives. And it's like, we don't, you know, really ex realize that there's also this other side of it. And every success story is like that. And when I had that like mind blowing moment or revelation, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to start doing this. And simultaneously I started you know, as I was working in different industries and doing all the other things in that season, I started realizing I'm just feeling it on my heart. Like I need to start this podcast. I need to start this podcast for other women that are going through what I went through so many years ago, you know, and I just wanted it to be a resource, right. That they would be, that they would have a resource if they're going through a similar moment, you know, and thankfully I launched the podcast a year ago and it was incredible. And, you know, it's been in the top 50 in the entrepreneur um, you know, top Apple podcast charts. And it's done so well. It's really resonated with women all over the world in different countries. It's been charting. And, and it really goes to show that, you know, there, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this, right. That was dealing with, you know, feeling like I failed and I was a failure and, and feeling like it was taking personifying it. Right. Mm. So that's what really led me to starting this podcast. And it's been incredible ever since I launched it. And I think you and I connected so much just around your story and, and that I have a similar story. And I was so blown away when you told me your journey to getting where you are today, because um, it, it's so funny how when we can hear somebody else's story, we go, wow, like you've accomplished so much. But yet when you are in that valley, you focus on that imposter syndrome and all those lies that you are telling yourself. So I think that is such an important message that you are conveying to women. And, I'm, and I thank you for it because uh, I know even I have been able to um, see value from, from you telling that, that story. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much. 
we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that actually want to have a podcast one day and they're, they're really kind of exploring that. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what a podcast has done for you and, or your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, what it's really done, it's, it's really given me, um, a space it's, I see it as my business, right. My full, it is my business, right. My podcast has become my, my baby, my, um, like another baby, I have a toddler son, but it's like another baby to me. And, um, what has it done? It has given me, you know, a platform. It has given me, it's helped given me a mission. You know, it's given me a platform for the mission that I'm on and it has created, opened up so many opportunities, so many doors for me. I think uh, had I not had this podcast, I wouldn't have had all these speaking opportunities and all these opportunities, you know, for um, coaching. I'm now coaching women as well in this area. And it's just opened up countless and numerous doors in just the one year since I launched the podcast. You know, I think they say a lot of times that, um, you know, I, I don't think we can emphasize how much, how great a pod, the podcasting space is because it's evergreen content, right? This is content that you're creating that a listener can listen to in five years. I don't know. You know, I know that for example, the other day, a friend sent me a podcast episode from someone and I looked at the year. First of all, I I just listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I needed this word, you know, all the things. And then I went back to look at it and it was something that was recorded in 2019, you know, (laughs) but it's being shared right now. So it's like, if you think about it, if you compare it to like an Instagram, like let's say you're putting all your time and energy into Instagram, Instagram isn't as evergreen, right? It's like very rare that someone shares a post from like five years, you know, three years ago and, you know, consumes it the way that they do for podcasts, right? Where, um, and also podcast has a lot of SEO. It's very SEO rich, right? So if you are looking for, um, publicity, or if you are looking for, you know, um, growth mindset tips or career, like, you know, things in your career, whatever that is, whatever is the keyword that you're looking for, you're struggling with in this moment, you just put it into like Apple podcast and it will bring up all the things, you know? So it's, there's just so much value in, you know, putting your time in something that's evergreen, something that's lasting. And it opens up. I honestly can't even count like how many opportunities it's opened up for me in this last year. So I highly, highly recommend starting a podcast. If that's something that's on your heart, I think there is so much, and and also something, I think a lot of times there's a lie that comes around this idea of a podcast. Oh, someone else is already doing it or nothing like this exists. And I want to encourage whoever's listening in both ways, right? If someone's already doing it, you have a unique voice and no one else has, right? We could be saying the exact same thing, but someone will gravitate towards the way you say that message as opposed to me or vice versa, you know? So there's so much value. You will find your people. I talk about this. I'm like, when you step out and do something that's on your heart, you will end up, even if no one understands it in the beginning, you will find your people. I promise you. I remember when I wanted to start the podcast, some some of my friends and some of the people were kind of like, I don't really get it. Do you really think there's a need, you know, for conversations around this topic? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I needed me five years ago needed this. And I felt so strongly. I was like, we need to create a space for this. There's no space for this. So I set out to do that. And, you know, going back to what I mentioned about the success early on in the podcast of, you know, from out of the gate, being on the top 50 and always being on the top charts and all that and charting in different worlds and different worlds in different countries. I'm sorry. I say that because it's like, there are people, right? You will attract your people when you step out and do something. And it's so strong. That's so strong on your heart. You will find your people, even if the people around you don't get it. Cause maybe they didn't go through that struggle as internally and as deeply as you did. Guess what? Someone in India is, or someone in Tennessee is, you know, they went through that struggle, you know, or Chicago or wherever the case is, you know? And so 
I encourage you, you're going to find your people when you step out and your voice is unique, but also on the flip side, if there's nothing like it, guess what? There's probably a market for it, right? Mm -hmm. If no one is having this conversation, there's probably a market for it. Someone, someone in the world needs what you are going to offer, right? And you might be a pioneer in that space. Like maybe no one's talking about planting. If you're really into plants, you know what I mean? Like maybe no one's talking about gardening the way that you do, or maybe you mix, I don't, I don't know anything about gardening, but maybe you, <laughs> you have a specific way of, you know, a specific technique to gardening. And if someone's going to resonate to that and want more of that content. So I really encourage anyone that's having any hesitancy, hes- I can't even speak well today, hesitancies around um, that idea of starting a podcast. I encourage you to just go for it, you know, take one step at a time and go for that. And you hit on such good points as far as those that have this idea and then they let imposter syndrome get in the way. Mm -hmm. And I even like to say, if you see somebody out there already talking about it, that's proof that there are people that are interested in that topic. Yes. A hundred percent. So, you know, not even letting that get in your way, but I definitely struggled with imposter syndrome whenever I was going to start this podcast seven years ago. Wow. And, you know, I thought about like, why am I even doing it? Like there, what's the end goal? And I didn't know what I know now in the sense that I was going to be laid off and that I was going to start my own business. And Mm -hmm. that by having the podcast already ready to go, I was already familiar with this idea of creating content, putting it out there, understanding my audience. It, It was, it was just this built in network and audience that I had already come to know and love. And so, yeah. I needed to do that seven years ago so that I could get to where I am today. And, um, you know, it's kind of that point that you made. If it's on your heart, do it because it's not going to go away. Like you're not going to um, all of a sudden go like, oh, I'm glad I didn't spend time doing that because I don't want to do it anymore. Like it will stay there and nag you until you do something about it. (laughs) Yes. And then I always say, like I had this conversation the other day and it's like, then you run the risk of being in a dangerous space. And the dangerous space is you can start getting bitter. You can start getting a lot of anxiety, discouragement. There's a lot of things when you don't step out and do that thing that's on your heart. There's so many things that could come into play and put you in not the best space. You know, if you really wanted to start a podcast and then five years have gone down the line, I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, but when things happen, when that happens to me, it's like, I can, I, I start getting discouraged, you know, I start getting discouraged and frustrated and, and mad and, 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 like I said, bitter, you know what I mean? You can start being like bitter and not as excited about life and all the things. And I feel like that's a very dangerous space. So I feel like you have to step out and do that thing that's on your heart because you run a crazy, this dangerous risk of falling into that other space, which is no fun for no, for anyone. You know, it doesn't lead to great things for anyone. So I think it's for your family, for your spouse, for all the people involved in your life, but most importantly for yourself, you know? So I think it's really yeah. important that we do You're that. doing a disservice to yourself by not yeah. listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did, you mentioned, I had you speak to my group coaching program, uh, the VIP accelerator. And, um, the reason why was the month that we were, um, that you spoke to them, we were talking about media opportunities and really taking that, um, position you had had in the booking position, the producers, uh, shoes, and really identifying what a good pitch looks like Yeah, and being able to communicate that of like, what are you paying attention to? What are you putting in the trash? So tell us about your experience doing, uh, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, first thing, uh, there's so many things that go into doing a good pitch versus not doing a good pitch. But I would say, you know, the most important thing starting out of the gate is know who you're pitching to, right? Nobody think about it. All these news producers, all these editors for magazines, all these local like news, like uh, newspaper reporters or local news newsroom reporters, everybody, they get inundated with emails. Like, honestly, when I was working as a national news, news producer, from, there would be days where I would get like 80 emails, maybe, you know, and I wasn't even at the top of, you know, at the, in the top of the newsroom hierarchy. Right. So it's like, if you're pitching to a senior news producer or something like that, they, I kid you not, you will be with a news producer sitting, editing a story and they will get 200 emails, 400 emails a day. Like they get an insane amount of emails, you know? And so when you keep that in mind, then you're like, okay, I can't just send a generic email because it's not going to stick. They're not going to care. And you also run the risk of maybe offending them, right? Like I had so many times that people would send me a pitch and it had nothing to do with my show, right? And the show that I worked for was very specific. It was very niche. It was for a specific audience. You know, it was for millennial women. It was like money, sex, and politics. So it had a very, very specific niche, right? So when someone would be sending me, for example, a male comedian, okay, what about this male comedian? I know your job is to get press for him, but how does he fit this? Is he going to be talking about money? Is he going to be talking about like, you know, something um, like, you know, feminist things, or is he going to be talking about, you know, politics? Like, what is he talking about that fits my show, this specific show, right? Or if I'm national news, like, is this a national story? Like, if this makes sense for a certain part of Kentucky, it's a big deal in Kentucky, do not send that to a national news producer, right? Because it doesn't make sense for their audience. They talk to everyone. All their content has to be important and relevant for the whole country, right? But with the same token, like if, you know, don't, you know, if it's a local news um, reporter, then you can send them things that are really important, you know, for that city. Right. But it also has to make sense. Right. It has to make sense. You're trying to make their life easier. Right. So the the po- the pitches that would make sense or that I would open and be really entertained with was were when someone took the time to think, hey, is this candidate, this person that I'm pitching, are they actually a good fit for the show, right? Like, is she actually going to speak to my audience in a way that makes sense? Also, look at their content. If they've already done something similar, like, for example, if they've, um, you know, Ali was recently on the podcast, you know, talking about public relations and how to get yourself featured. Now, if someone else wants to pitch someone that's going to speak about a similar topic, it has to be a different angle, right? It has to be different. It has to make sense. It can't be the same exact thing. Another thing is, you know, that's a good, you know, always helpful is these people, um, when you are a news reporter, a news producer, you always have to look, you're always doing the day to day. So imagine, look what's on your schedule. You're producing that segment for that day and that's it. But if you get ahead and early into their inbox and you say, Hey, earth day is coming up, you know, earth day just passed. And I have this really cool story about these women in, um, and it's like local, these women in Chicago that created a car out of like recycled, whatever. And like, I don't know, something crazy like that. That's a cool story because it is actually interesting. It's like, I've never seen that. That's newsworthy. It makes sense for the date. And you're also helping me out because I wasn't even thinking about Earth Day, but now you just filled, you made, you know, you, you basically did my job for me, you know? Another thing that I think is great about pitches is when it's all outlined, like what can these people speak to, you know, like what are they experts in and what can they, and make sure that you're another tip is, especially if it's for TV, actually for anything, make sure that the person that you're pitching is actually interesting when they come on the mic or when they come on TV, (laughs) you know, like it's true. You know, sometimes you can't have someone that's like flat and not compelling because that doesn't make for good television or, you know, good radio or whatever the case is, you know, so those are just some things off the top of my head that I, you know, that make a good, you know, good pitch. 
Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point. And um, being able to do local interviews, I, I've seen people before where they're like, ah, I'm not really interested in doing local interviews. And then the question comes up of, have you actually done any local interviews? And they're like, no, but I'm ready for national. Like, I don't never I can skip over that. It's like, never. you know, the national producers are going to be asking for clips of yes. you doing those local interviews to make yes. sure, to your point, that uh, you can do interviews. A thousand percent. I'm like, <laughs> when you come, especially when you want to go with the big dogs, like national, yeah. you better be ready. And what, what does that look like? Like you need to send, you need to have been on your local news media. You need to have, like, I need to know that the people in San Diego, that the news reporters in San Diego, like you're local there in San Diego. So you better be interesting in your own city mm. doing whatever you're, because you have more likelihood of getting in na- in local news than you do in national news, you know? And yes. so, and we look at videos like that. Like, I want to see what, you know, are you a t- an expert in this topic? If I'm going to bring you on as an expert to talk about a specific topic about oil spills, let's just say for national news, then I, back then I would be like, are, you know, are you on Twitter? Are you speaking at this event? You have videos. Have you been interviewed on this thing? Like a very specific industry specific too, right? So we want to see you on podcast. We want to see other work. You, you can't come off the gate to like Nash. It's very, very, very rare, but like, we do need to see that you've done your rounds because we have to make sure that you are a good fit. How do you answer questions? Are you compelling? Are you interesting? Are all the things that we talked about. So a thousand percent, you need to do your rounds and do your due diligence and start off somewhere. And then from there, you know, you scale. And think about it this way. You all are doing your job to make sure that it is good television. Don't also blow your opportunity to be on in a news network like the Today Show or Good Morning America and not be at the top of your game. Like you would always look back at that and be like, oh, opportunity I had and I wasn't prepared. So it's yeah. just it's just good practice all around. Yes, yes, I now, agree. You mentioned some really good feedback for maybe a TV pitch. Can you spin it a little bit now being a podcast host and producer, Mm -hmm. what would be some key points that you would look for in a pitch uh, if somebody's looking to go on a podcast? Sure, sure. What I look for is at this point, I think I finally have have like a decent standard. I want a one pager. First of all, I want an email from the publicist or whoever's pitching the person. You know, maybe we talked about this hack. You can put a different email, you know, like Jessica at, you know, your organization, you know, because it is awkward. I'm going to be honest. Like for me, it's a little awkward when the person pitches themselves, just because I'm like, if I don't, you know, you know, I I still have my news tendencies where I don't always respond back to emails. Usually I will only respond back when it makes sense to my podcast, you know, like I don't want to waste their time, but you know, sometimes people like it, but it's so kind to respond back and say, no, thank you. But you know, I, I think I'm, I'm uh, used to my news days where it's like, you get so many emails. There's so many, so many things going on that you don't really have time to be like, Hey, cause another email came in, something else happened. And same with doing a podcast, you know, doing a podcast and a business and all the things. There's so many things coming at you that it's sometimes it's hard for me to take time to respond to all the emails that don't necessarily fit and all that. But um, I will say that what I look for now is I look for, you know, an email from a publicist or someone else that's saying, hey, you know, uh, putting, you know, saying, hey, I love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. I think this person is a perfect fit. And why, you know, like, why is this person a perfect fit for my podcast? Making it very easy for me. I also look for like one pagers. Those come in handy, like where it's like, you know, a one pager where it's like you have a high resolution photo of the person. Like, don't try to come on a podcast if you don't have a high resolution photo of yourself, you know, like branding photos. It's it's really important. You have to look legit, you know? So it's like a branding, you know, like a high resolution photo within that um, 
I think a lot of people do it on Canva where it's like a one pager, it's a yeah. photo of them and what, you know, a blurb about them. Like, who are they? Why are they interesting? What is, you know, and then also bullet points or potential questions. A lot of people have been doing that, you know, since I started my podcast, I've been seeing that more and more. And I'm like, man, if more publicists would have done that, you know, when I was working in news, I, you know, more, they would have stuck more likely those, those pitches, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I think it's really, for me and my workflow, it's really like, I will look at someone and I'm like, I don't know if it's a perfect fit. Well, all of a sudden you, you as a publicist took the time to bullet point, like, Hey, she can speak to, you know, in my case, like I can speak to overcoming failure, how to overcome failure or, um, imposters or different topics that they feel well-versed in, and they can really go with it. No matter how you throw the question, they'll be comfortable with, you know, answering that question and also potential questions, you know, because that is really helpful. Like maybe even the topics I didn't, it didn't really make sense, but all of a sudden you put three or four, you know, question ideas. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That is that one specific thing is an interesting thing that I think my listeners would, it would help my listeners. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you can speak to, if you can add value to my listeners and you are professional and all the things are in place, then more than likely, then it's like, it could be a yes, you know, but that being said, like, don't get offended if the person doesn't take, you know, sometimes it's like, they also, they already have a lot of podcasts, you know, they already have things in the, in the can, or sometimes you have to email. We talked about this email multiple times because people are busy. Right. So you might want to send your pitch like two or three times, you know, before they're like, Hey, like yesterday was a perfect example. I got the third pitch from a publicist on someone and the person's actually interesting. It's just that my week is so crazy that I, I'm going from, you know, thing to thing that I, I'm not this specific week. I'm not booking interviews, you know? So it's like, I may respond back to her email next week about it and say, Hey, this person was actually interesting things for all the follow-ups, you know? But I think as long as you can walk the person through why this person would be, or why you would be an interest, a good candidate, a good person to speak to their audience. then that's great. Also keeping things that are specific and niche specific, right? Like I have a podcast for women, so don't pitch me men, you know, like don't, don't pitch me men. Cause it's yeah. like, I mean, I will have some fun episodes coming up. I think for the 50th episode, I'm going to have my husband on, you know, I'm going to have start having some guys that I think have really cool, inspiring, inspiring businesses on to every once in a while to have fun with it. But don't, that's not the norm. Like, no, know that I bring on women that can add value to my listeners, you know, same thing for whatever the niches of that podcast, make sure that the person fits that niche, you know? Solid, solid points. And, um, you know, I, I think that is so important whenever you are considering podcast pitching and just to your point earlier about how, if you've had somebody on recently and, you know, just because your topic isn't resonating with them, that doesn't mean that they just can't to talk about that topic again, because it was just too soon that they recently talked about it. Um, so, you know, figuring out a way that you can switch up your pitches when they aren't landing, they aren't working, um, is key. So I I think that was really good advice you gave. So thank you for that. And switching gears a little bit. Um, this is the question I ask everybody that comes on the selfish podcast of how do you like to be selfish? And of course I give the precursor. This is in terms of this, the positive vibes of self-care and how you take care for yourself. Yeah, that is a great question because as a mother to a toddler, I'm struggling with that. Like, you know, there's, uh, you know, you always want to give your free time to your baby and all the things. There's just so many things. Um, so there is a little bit of mom guilt that I'm overcoming, I think. Um, but what I'm trying to do now, I'm trying to be more intentional about uh, taking care of myself and carving out that me time again. And something that I did two weeks ago that was great was I, um, we live in a, you know, in a high rise and we have a pool in our building yet I never go to the pool, you know, and I live in Miami, Florida. So it's like, 
we have great weather most of the year. So something that I did, um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe was that I took a Friday. I took a half day on Friday from all the other things. And I was like, you know what, this is my wellness afternoon. This is my wellness Friday. And I need to figure out something to do for myself. Like it can't be for my husband. It can't be for my son. It can't be for the business. It can't be for any of the things. It has to be like me, me time, you know? And, um, so I went to the pool and I ended up laying out and swimming and it was just great. Like that's who, oh. you know, that's what I needed in that moment, you know? And another day I went to, but, um, but it's so funny because my husband ended up tagging along <laughs> for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But you can that's have, okay. Have that's day okay. Night, that's like, okay. You, you were intentional with your time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was good. I got some sun in. And then the other day, um, we went for, I've been wanting to do the city bike rides, you know, city bank, they have, yeah. uh, bikes all over the city. So we, we live in the downtown area. So I went on a city bike and it was great. I hadn't, hadn't ridden a bike in years. So it was really fun. So for me, I'm like, I'm really trying. Uh, the last few weeks have been crazy, but I, I, this, uh, this weekend is my son's birthday. And then I foresee next week being a chill week and I will reincorporate wellness Fridays. So I'm excited. Oh, I love that. And <laughs> I think that is just such a key point as far as being intentional with your time, because if you just think that these moments will come to you where you can just practice self-care, it it won't happen. Never. You actually have to block it out on your calendar. You will always fill it up with something. There's always things, there's always things to do, especially when you're an entrepreneur, there's always, you know, I would say even more so than when you have a nine to five, because nine to five is when you can clock out, you can say, you know, put up your bound, but with a business, it's harder. Cause you're like, that's your, that's your thing, you know? So there's always going to be, you can always be better at social, always be better at do two podcasts a week, or there's always more and more, you know? So it's really important to say, Hey, no, I need to, that this day is my wellness day. And that's it. Don't, don't come to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, it's my time. Paula, what is next for you? That is a great question. So something that I'm stepping into now is that I'm offering my listeners, my community. um, I did a lot of research over the last few months and I realized that there is really a need that a lot of women um, are in need of coaching. They're in need of encouragement when it comes to their career or stepping out on a dream. I've had so many conversations with women over the last, you know, few months. And it's like, so time and time again, there's so many women that are working in jobs that they don't love, that they don't feel fulfilled in that they're, you know, just nine to five, or maybe they got into this career path and they don't love it, but they really want to do that other thing. They want to start that cake shop or they want to, you know, um, you know, start their own PR firm or whatever the case is, you know, but they don't know where to start. You know, they don't, maybe no one believes in their vision and they don't have any mentorship or steps on how to get there. And, you know, it seems overwhelming and carving out that first step is, seems like, I don't even know where to start, you know? So I've realized that a lot of women need assistance in that area. So what's next for me is now that I am, I just officially in the month of April started coaching women. So now I'm coaching women in that area. So people are able to book a breakthrough call. I call it the breakthrough call. If you want to get unstuck with whatever you feel like, if life just feels so mundane, you feel like you've been in your job for years, but you know, there's more like something inside of you is telling you I'm meant for more. I've been there. I know how it is. And that's why I, you know, I've I've created these breakthrough coaching calls where people can get on a one hour call. We'll go through all the things and we'll kind of figure out, find clarity. If you need clarity on like, what do, what should I do? What am, what am I called to do? We'll kind of do some exercises and figure out like what you're called to do and what, you know, makes you excited and get you on track and create a 30 day plan to get you from, you know, this step to that step to at least one month out. Like, let's get you on the track to either that dream job or starting that dream business. So I'm really excited for for this new season of this new thing that I'm going to be offering to, to the community. And I could not think of a more perfect person to fill that role. So I think that is just such a beautiful journey that you've been on to get to this point. 
And I just really think you have so much to offer. So proud of you you. for that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thanks so much, Allie. (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful you took the time to talk with me today. Um, For those of you listening on the podcast, we're also live streaming on Instagram as we're doing this. We, um, we thought, why not? You know, there's not enough tech issues that could go wrong with just one platform. Like, why not throw in a second? Um, yeah. But anyways, it's been so fun um, chatting with you today. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I loved our conversation. As always, I always love working with you. And I'm so excited to get to um, speak to your listeners today. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.